welcome once again to Off the Shelf with Phil and Dave. This is Phil speaking with me as always is Dave. And this week we've got coming off of my shelf, 1985's Runaway Train, directed by Andre Konkolovsky, starring John Voight, Eric Roberts. Very good, very Rebecca good. Rebecca Mornay. Thought you would have botched that. Uh, it's my seventh take. Don't uh, pull, the, <laughs> pull the curtain back. <laughs> and uh, that's the pick. That's the watch. David, how are you doing this week? How are things? What's happening? What's new? What's shaking? What's moving? What's grooving? And uh, what are your thoughts on the movie? Initial impressions and general feelings overall. I had a line I was going to say. and I lost it. Anyways, I'm fine. <laughs> I was going to say a line that John Voight said. Uh, uh, how I felt, how my week was going. But uh, anyways. Still I, time. There's still time. There's still just, time. Uh, I'm doing good, Phil, though. Really, I really am. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, Runaway Train. One of my favorite songs of all time, Soul Asylum 90, mm, or 90. I want to say 94? No, I think 92. Okay. 90 or 92. I have to check we it out. We can't find any check. Oh, we can't no. fa- check any facts. I'm sorry. Now, I thought this was not, I thought it was more of a metaphor, Runaway Train, this movie. I think you tricked <laughs> me, I believe. I thought, okay, well, it makes sense. He just wants to, you know, but they're literally on a train. That is a runaway train. This happens. Uh, yeah, the song is more of a metaphor. The song is definitely a metaphor you know, than, yeah. than this is. Uh, yeah. It was released in 93. Yeah, it amplified my depression probably to new levels. <laughs> I used to fall asleep listening to yeah, that. Yeah, Soul Asylum, Dave Perner. Yeah. He was uh, dating Winona Ryder at the time, I he believe. He was. Very good, Phil. Congratulations. Woman, uh, yeah. when I was, in 1993, I was paying a lot of attention to yeah. the women of the Hollywood yeah. scene. It's very yeah. cute. Yeah. Anyways, this reminded me, I was thinking uh, Unstoppable sort of popped in my mind. I believe I owned it, but I'm thinking, I don't remember ever seeing it in my collection, but I thought I grabbed it at one point. Seems like you would. Yeah, seems like something <laughs> I would like do. You would find. Uh, I don't think I'm watching its completion. This was back in the old saucy days, mm. and I'd fall asleep before the, I don't know. So I don't know the ending of Unstoppable, but I do know the ending of Running uh, Train. probably didn't stop. Probably. Uh, you know, just Sometimes the title's misleading. <laughs> not, not this one. So, in short, uh, it was an interesting watch. It was a fun watch. I, I, I sort of enjoyed it. Sort of enjoyed sort it. enjoyed it. All I'm right, gonna, Dave. I'm going to give you that. Out. I'm going to give it to you. It was uh, one thing I go on about is no protagonists. And this is an interesting one. He is, he is the protagonist to the prisoners, in, in a way. Manny. Sure, yes. But, you know, I always struggle with uh, a non-protagonist. But this one, I thought the enthusiasm and energy of every single performer character in this movie was able to fill that problem of mine that void to have and and then having antagonist versus antagonist is something interesting as well there's no real you know what i mean that's well sure it's the sense i got from the main characters so in short like the movie throwing it back to you what other than the train (laughs) theme that endless is going on endlessly. Yeah. Was there anything else that? Uh, well, I know? have to say, I kind of felt like you were running away with this train. Yeah, uh, you, wanna, you wanted theme. a theme, and I thought to myself, I wonder if I have something that I could throw into the mix. Let's say, uh, as it became evident, not immediately that there was a train theme developing on your side of the <laughs> equation. at the beginning. It sort of just seemed to kind of happen and materialize. And then I started to think, 
oh, this is almost fun. Uh, what train movies do I have that I own and haven't thought of or haven't seen and so forth to try and take a little more of, of an obscure route? Sure. Um, and this was one that when I first saw this movie back in, it wasn't, it wasn't 85. I wouldn't have seen it in the theater, certainly, not at that age, five or six years old. Yeah, we wouldn't have understood it. But I absolutely saw it, I would say, 86, 87, not any later, because it would have been on. That's still pretty young. The Super Channel. And so we're watching the old Super Channel, which later became TMA and so forth. Um, it's before my time. There were elements that I, I was enthralled by this movie. I watched it at, probably four times as a, like a six or seven-year-old kid watching it. Because they would get your, you know, the magazine, your your, ma- your magazine of, ske- of schedule basically for the movie channel. And it would sort of pop up. And there was something about this movie at even that young age. I didn't really understand, obviously, some of the politics around it or whatever. some of the dialogue. But I just was completely enthralled by this movie at this young age. And then the movie disappeared out of consciousness, it felt. I, I never heard anybody ever reference it. Nobody ever... It was never a conversation piece, even in my... It wasn't a cult hit. I just uh, I just had never heard anybody really talk about it for, for years and years and years. Once it was on, wasn't on the, the pay channel anymore, or the, I just evaporated from, from existence to me. Unlike Reservoir Dogs, you know, where everyone says it always pops up in conversations. Yes, and I avoid it. This one, <laughs> no, no one ever You're talked about it. You're looking for it, and you can't find I it. I can't find it. And so it was on VHS when I got to Vancouver. Um... So I rented it there and was reminded it was great. And then there was a DVD release, and I got it that way. That's when you um, procured it at that point. But I haven't seen this movie for, I would say, 20-plus years. Potentially even 25. I okay, know, so it's been a while. 20-something. So 2000 Somewhere around there, early 2000s. So what a perfect excuse, then, to bring it off the shelf. It then. was one of those things where when I think of a train movie, as you mentioned, there's there's the the ones that aren't – Maybe maybe specifically a train movie, something like the Taken Taking of Pelham One Two Three, which had a couple of different iterations. Most recently, yeah, I didn't with, realize uh, that Denzel and uh, Travolta, Travolta I think, yeah. uh, Robert Shaw's and the old one, yeah, uh, Walter Matthau, and that's a train movie certainly. But there's sort of other stuff going on. That's a heist movie. It's a you know this and that, Unstoppable. I don't know anything about it. And I think it is a, also a heist movie of some kind. Someone's trying to take the train as a whatever. I don't know. I, I, I don't shouldn't think speak so. On I don't it. think if I recall, it's just a train that just can't a runaway be stopped, train. But okay. I, yeah, it's I must have fell asleep in the first train. ten minutes. So uh, anyway, so this was a movie that I thought was very train centric. Uh, this movie is very much about maybe not about, but it is set. Very much on a train, and uh, we're gonna now were of yeah, 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 and maybe even a little longer, a little or maybe 10, like maybe. a buck ten out of the buck yeah. forty, yeah. So really, anyway, it was just a movie, and and I'm watching it, and I'm I'm reminded just all the things I love about it, uh, and and some of the images that I thought were really evocative and and uh, powerful, and certain scenes. I don't know. I was so touched by this movie, strangely, when I was a kid, that watching it now was a real like reminder of how kind of messed up i was yeah not messed up i just but mean like why as a six seven eight year old connecting to this, this material like, in such a way i don't know it's like you're it's like you know that your brain's like you're gonna connect this later yeah yeah like, maybe yeah so you know yeah it's got a bigger thing at work here, could be Phil. bigger things because I, it was i liked i only remember images or it warped you whatever. it could have been <laughs> 
I remember images more than I remember specific scenes. And I remember Eric Roberts even more than I remembered John Voight. But images from this movie really stuck out to me as a young kid. I can see that. And when watching it again, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm like, it's so visceral when I'm watching it this time. So it was, it was a fun watch. I really, I had a kick out of it. It was really great. This is my first time seeing Eric Roberts. Oh, interesting. Prime time. I sure. only know him from like 10 minutes of in Batman. Oh, I guess. I think he's in an Expendables as well. But yeah, his, his career, okay. I, I believe he's I've, in one I've of the- I've seen him in late, his later sure, years. Sure, sure, yeah. Where he doesn't have that energy yeah. that he had in this movie. Yeah. He's very, you know, full of it. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's a high energy player. Energy and drugs or something. No, it's kidding. Uh, but I, I, I think that really helped take a movie that may not have been amazing, but it just it definitely elevated it. And it's just, just not Eric Roberts. This is John Voight. Like, I've never seen John Voight before, but yeah. I know him barely. Like, Seinfeld, sadly, him biting Kramer's arm. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Anaconda. Okay. Uh, we did uh, visit him in Enemy of the State. Yeah. I almost forgot about that one. Yeah, and certainly. of course, the first Mission Impossible. Yep. He plays uh, Peter Graves, his character. Yeah, he's got a, a huge, long, lengthy career. Uncle Buck apparently is really good. It's mentioned in Seinfeld. Oh, oh, it's Uncle Buck, but I not not Joe Buck. Joe Sorry, Buck. Joe Buck, who's yes. probably an uncle. In uh, realistically, <laughs> sure. That's uh, not really actually. If you look at that movie, oh. uh, Midnight Cowboy, phenomenal performance. Uh, Coming Home, phenomenal performance. Uh, Deliverance, excellent performance. Yeah, we'll keep talking about that one. And it's oh, that's gonna be a that'll be yeah, a real treat when, when it comes something. off the show. It's an odd one. thing. But I've never uh, seen him. He's young. dialed to eleven in this movie. Yeah, like I've never seen him under the like in a performance under like Anaconda's young, youngest age. I would sure. have seen him in, and he's yeah. probably in his late fifties at that point. Yeah. Well, yeah, so. that would have been twenty. Well, fifteen years after this movie, I think Anaconda came out in the yeah. The he's probably you know, maybe forty here, but again, energy. Yeah, he has. Maybe not as often as Eric Roberts consistently, but he has a few spiels and a few instances where he really belts it out. Like in the prison scene, yeah, we'll get to when they're, yeah. they're trying to kill him. So yeah, he gets a he gets a couple of now. He was nominated. Let's let's address it right away, please. I didn't uh, look that up. So nominated for best actor, John Voight was that year. Okay, uh, and best supporting actor was nominated uh, Eric Roberts. Wow, that's impressive. So for a guy that uh, now, that's something to say. Uh, Eric Roberts, as you said, kind of has its own has his own kind of weird history. Strangely, he's an actor that I probably first saw him in this because I was so young, but he was doing stuff like the best of the best and like kick fighter, uh, kickboxing movies, and this. Well, and that. that makes sense too. A yeah, career that didn't really connect with me and then he popped up in a movie in 94 i want to say called the specialist which obviously uh stars stallone and and oh. uh, i saw in the theater sharon stone sharon stone yeah uh and he was in that i'm mean, like i like this guy and i remembered him very vaguely you know just as a guy and then batman he pops up so he's a guy that's sort of been around but then in later years i went back to watching uh he was in a movie called star 80 and uh He's phenomenal in that movie. Has similar kind of energy to this movie, though. Like he's a yeah, he's a little up. Uh, but I really <laughs> like the performance. Generally speaking, I thought it was it was uh, it was pretty solid. And uh, you know, he was up against. Let's see if you 
have seen any of these movies. 80, 85, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I know uh, music from 85, but not so much. Uh, uh, Robert Loggia in Jagged Edge. Mm. Uh, William Hickey uh, from Pritzi's Honor. Klaus Maria Brandauer from Out of Africa. And Donna Michi for Cocoon. Cocoon I've heard of. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Donna Michi's great in that movie. But anyway, so that was him. And then and again, and, and Voight lost to William Hurt uh, for Kiss of the Spider Woman. But uh, nominees were Harrison Ford in Witness, uh, James Garner in Murphy's Romance, Jack Nicholson in Prissy's Honor. Uh, so pretty That's, solid. Uh, I mean, those, those are solid. Sure, yeah. Uh, competition. It was also up for best editing, this movie. So it didn't win any awards, but uh, okay, I, I, I thought can the see performances... That. You kind of have to. I mean, again, everybody's really dialed to eleven. Watching Voight do his thing, <laughs> yes, at the beginning. But he actually, even, even Roberts dialed to like twenty. <laughs> even Roberts at the beginning, right away, right from is, the get go. Yeah, doesn't waste any time saying this is what what my character is yeah, going to be. Yeah, I would love to take this guy shoe shopping. <laughs> I wondered if he would t- if he was trampling trampling a little bit into Ooh. Francis territory. <laughs> he uh, flirted. He, he, <laughs> it, was, it was a little flirtation there. Actually, oddly enough, around the shoes time. Like, yes, say shoes one more time, please, Eric. Yeah, please. Yeah, say it. But no, I, I don't think it hit the hit that level. No, but I, I actually never thought of that. But, oh, really? Yeah. I, I, I was only the again. I you know watched it a couple times for the for the show here and. Uh, it was on the second or third watch, and I was sort of like, this is a lot. <laughs> this is a lot. This guy is really dialed up. Yeah, uh, But none of it, to your point, like never really kind of got out of the realm. You know, I felt like it was all fairly appropriate enough or whatever else. So I thought it was also interesting that even with what I was watching, because I didn't really remember anything about the Oscars, uh, but that those two performances in particular that were so really specific and so dialed up and so forth, would have even an, and yeah. a movie that's a bit of a a bit of a B movie type. I you know I don't know that it has. Yeah, again, it's a B plus. Maybe I mean say, for yeah. me I I mean I, when I say a B movie I mean like it probably wasn't very expensive to make. Uh, but when I say all of that, nine million I think it was. What it is is because this movie disappeared into the vacuum after I watched it in the mid '80s. I just assumed that this was a throwaway movie. And it's from the canon group of movies, and they were kind of notorious for schlocky, big action, lots of nudity, like over the top, and uh, back in uh, Mission, uh, uh, Chuck Norris, uh, those movies. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, at the beginning, I thought there was something wrong with the, the, the video because of the red. Yes. I thought sure. there was something wrong on my end here. Bleedy. Yeah. But no. Um, so generally, like the, the introduction, I'm like, well, this, am I going to get a little. Narrow margin here, where it's gonna—is it gonna be the same '80s bad guys? And I couldn't have been more wrong. Yeah. When it, it comes was, to this movie. Yeah. And it wasn't—it was on a nine million budget, which is not bad considering they did some, you know, some train I damage. Thought, yeah, certainly. Not to the extent of you know, Tenant like real big, you know, <laughs> yeah. but there's there's enough there. So I I was pretty I was on I wasn't sure I wasn't sure getting this movie like Ugh, I'm not sure and then all of a sudden. And then I'm thinking, okay, Eric, tone it down a bit. But yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I just it's, grew his enthusiasm is kind of exciting it almost, really right? Is. You can kind of, yeah. Yeah. Because he's so jacked right away. You know, he's so, he's introduced. We hear over the, the radio, you know, Manny's getting, he, uh, I thought that was a nice kind of reveal too. This sort of background radio thing. It's not a big deal. But they talk about how Manny has sort of won his 
civil rights suit against the prison. It's huge for them. And then right away, he's, yeah, fuck, yeah. He's running around. He's, he's jumping number around. number one fan. <laughs> he's so excited. I, haven't, I do have an issue with Rogers. I don't think he's the right man for the job. Whose side is that guy on? I think it's time for him to retire. The guy, the, 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 the security dude, whatever, the old guy who's... Oh, sure. He's, he's seen too much. He he's given him attitude. All of a sudden, he just does what <laughs> yep. Roberts tells him to do. Like, I don't, like, I'm confused with the Rogers guy. And sure. then the other security guys and people are trying to get in, and he's not letting them in. Like, dude, you're not fit for this job. Yes. <laughs> like, you're on the prisoner's <laughs> side. Like, maybe it's time for you to retire. Yeah, it could be. So I, that, that's, that's that was a little bit odd. I thought that was strange that... But anyways, it wasn't. It was just odd. That's yeah, odd. it's it a strange. It's a strange behavior because Buck, as we call him, is uh, is trying to get him to put it in the cell block D, and then basically the guy's like, you know what? Fuck it. Let everybody Everyone. hear. Yeah. Let's put it out everywhere. So that that first like fifteen, twenty, even half hour, kind of setting up the pieces of the prison and who who everybody is, and they set Manny up as this frankly an icon you know the whole cell block is kind of going crazy and obviously buck is jumping up and down he's he's super excited about the whole prospect but i also kind of respect because they don't introduce john Voigt, you know manny right away he gets this aura he gets mentioned on the radio they do the press conference with the warden saying he's an animal yeah he's a pretty bad picture yeah yeah and he says you know i would feel bad if you weren't an animal but the fact that he is means i have no regrets about sealing this guy in a cell for three years which is a crazy amount of time to be in solitary confinement i was Uh, in my basement all weekend i i was fine I was fine. But I had a PS5, so I guess he didn't have one. He was just doing push-ups, which he did. Oddly enough, he got up pretty quick on the second request. Yeah. Uh, they painted us, oh, this guy's an animal. He's terrible. But he's like, okay, I'll get up. Not that defiant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was just odd. Anyway, yeah. it's fine. Fuck. Um, but I thought a really good introduction to that character because I like anything, anytime it happens where you're hearing more about the character before you meet him, I think that that's a, a clever... Uh, way to present the movie a character in the movie you know you kind of build them up you hype them up oh have you heard did you see have you think yeah and then oh that's the guy well he's a monster because i've just heard yeah for five minutes that he's a monster i kind of like that it's a little risky sometimes because then you have that idea and it's like oh like oh well that's not this this guy that's it (laughs) but in this case i think it worked yeah yeah i really like the makeup job i like the sort of general vibe of the character and you know general generally speaking i had i I don't know why i mean it's the accent and I'm thinking, if they want to remake this movie, get Bill Burr. Oh yeah, I don't know. I just yeah, that Bill. If you get Bill Burr some makeup, tell him to do a little bit of acting. Sure. I think he's he got could, an attitude that, that yeah, and I think he might be able to. And he's he's been on uh, he's on Mandalorian, so he's dabbled okay into acting. So uh, you know everything's being remade. So who knows? I, I'm calling it right here, Bill right Burr. There. I think it'd be great. Uh, I've never seen the Mandalorian, as you can imagine. So uh, I imagine he's in some sort of costume. No, it's his face. It's his oh, face. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I kind of thought they, that they, that... they do let gingers on TV, right? Just so you know. <laughs> Every once in a while? Every once in a while. They Don't let us out. Mask. Yeah, out of the basement <laughs> on TV sometimes. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. Uh, but all in all, I kind of thought the setup of that was pretty good. And then you give a Buck a little bit of something. He's kind of in his oiled-up <laughs> boxing match. Yeah. yeah. Um, once as an introduction to the character. Uh, Jonah's I, trying to sort of sell him Buck. 
Yeah, in well, a little la- bit of ways. He's not on, a bad guy. Later but- on, when they're walking out, they kind of have that great, um, or maybe it's before, but they're out, when they're out in the yard for the first time, there is that sort of who's this idiot, you know, kind yeah. of. You know, and you can tell, like, the guy is just enthusiastically in love with Manny. Like, yeah, he's he definitely got a hard on for him. Yeah, I know it's prison, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, Buck, uh, sorry. Uh, Jonah? Jonah uh, kind of intercepts and sort of says, yeah, but guess what? He also works the laundry. The laundry guy, yeah. And watching Voight then get so elated and excited and whatever else, I was like, I kind of get the vibe from these guys. It's an interesting yeah, relationship. The, I mean, you, you don't make. You don't see, you don't get any time to get the relationships between all these people, right? So, because the whole point of the movie is to get on the train. So we don't see a lot of Jonah and Manny's relationship. But in this one little moment, you kind of sense, okay, and they know what they're trying to set each other up in certain ways and yeah. stuff like that. I got the, the exposition was pretty quick, but I think it, it, it was successful. I just believe it. Yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's easy just to sort of have somebody come into the screen and go, here, here's plot A, B, C, and walk away. And you're like, okay, that's yeah. just there for that. Whereas I this, I thought the relationship felt natural enough. And, it did, yeah. And it does explain. They had a hug there that really, fuck, ah, yeah. 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 And it does explain to me why a guy like Manny would put up with a guy like Buck in this instance, right? That high energy, loving, you know, oh, man, you're the best, and, you know, all this stuff. I just want to be with you and near you and around you. (laughs) That's not what Manny's energy is. So it explains why, okay, well, I'm going to have to be nice to this guy because of what I can get out of it. Yeah. I kind of like that setup. And prison movies, I think, allow for those kinds of things, which I always find uh, enjoyable yeah relationships inside there don't always have a good foundation <laughs> no. i find but well there they're transitory some... ultimately you know yeah. you could be really good friends until someone gets shivved yeah <laughs> <laughs> which happens in this movie right after this scene <laughs> which i thought i mean correct me if i'm wrong he shivved him in like the arm yeah which i thought well if you're gonna go in for the kill maybe try an organ yeah it looked like a, a shoulder into and then the hand, the hand. that hurts but that i think great looking thing but yeah i agree with you you, you know we just saw an lower back sight, would be good out of sight a couple of uh weeks ago when they're walking snoopy shivs the guy he was boxing he knows how to shiv. Much, that guy knows what's up yeah, cheetah the shiver yeah yeah for sure so yeah uh, but yeah and this one mr missed the mark but although it kind of feels like and then he says the warden made me do it and he then this really is again void being this is a good, yeah. He's really, an animal. Yeah. I mean, you're watching this, and he's throwing his bleeding, bloody that, hand on that guy. The, the, generally, and it's going to happen again, the blood splatter, it's not much. It's two scenes, but perfect both times. And this I, is the first one. Agreed. There's a scene right as this guy, this the guy that goes in for the shiv, ends up kind of getting his own business taken care well, of. Jonah gets, like, he Jonah gets yeah. him, exactly. And he's got, like, what looks like his organs in his hands Jonah knows briefly. how to shiv he went Jonah to the cheetle school the of shiving yeah. exactly Jonah knows what's up <laughs> and the other guy really blew it uh but I I got like Manny's a real monster with when he's and, and not only Manny because obviously the the warden has his own agenda we've already established that right he's pushing him and this and that they're trying to but yeah but classic. when he is throwing the chair and just screaming come on come on and and he's like it's as if he's gone crazy. And there's a couple of other times throughout the movie where he taps into that energy that is so aggressive and maniacal on a certain level that it feels like in the other moments, and there's another great speech that we'll get to on the train, 
that I th- is the kind of opposite of that. It's it's delivered with the same amount of energy. Yeah, but it's but. it's from a different perspective. I really thought the performance, strange as it was, was pretty dynamic uh, to kind of cover both ends of that spectrum. But when I when they introduced him in the in the prison, I think to myself, this is a guy that needs a cage, right? You can kind of appreciate how that may have he's cage led him worthy, there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I was impressed by that. I'm impressed with the. Um, I love prison stats. Sure. Average sentence in that particular prison was 22 years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the only stat they offered. So okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I felt like the the warden, yeah. which is uh, if I could get his name right, Rankin. Yes, played of by course. John P. I felt like he was once he had that walk through the prison. It was kind of portraying him also as a bad guy. Yeah, I felt like a, like a little bit of Nazi. He does have that kind of look, the look, kind of personality. You know, and he's you can call it a look, I don't know, but he's walking a... confidently, and there's fire, like there's burning up papers and stuff, and yeah. the, his his guards are a little bit scared, and they're like, uh, but he's just, you know, walking yep. on through, like he owns like it the doesn't place. phase the, like yeah, he does. does. But yeah. yeah, he's kind of unfazed by the whole thing, including when at that scene we were just talking about, where he's throwing the chair up to the, he's in the rafters, as it were. Ah, he doesn't him. doesn't doesn't flinch, flinch no doesn't flinch. move, doesn't do anything. He'd make a great moil. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wrong. No, I'm not wrong. You are not wrong. That is accurate. Fully qualified. Um, but so He's I, Jewish, but I yeah. do think that this movie does a very good job of projecting different shades on these characters. Because as you're saying before, you know, you want to root for somebody. You want to be right. You can't like George Clooney because I'm not. I don't respect what he does. He's a you know, and this and that and. You're watching this movie, and John Voight is an animal in those early scenes. He kind of exposes, I think, a little bit more He's complexity. He's troubled. He's troubled. Later on. <laughs> yeah. And then, at the same time, the warden, who is, as far as we know, other than locking him up for three years, doesn't do anything on screen at the moment to give us any indication. So, theoretically, he's the good guy. But everybody in this movie, with the exception maybe of Sarah, which we'll talk about later is a bad guy because everybody is she has her moment too of not so hot though either but someone is everybody's angry frustrated aggravated wants to derail and kill people if necessary wants to uh there's a common theme here yeah (laughs) i just mean to say from from a guy that seemed like has mentioned like kind of looking for those kinds of positive qualities in their protagonists and 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 a clear antagonist and watching good guys lose or win and, and bad guys lose I thought this movie might be kind of gray. muddying that oh, yeah. that water a little bit. So uh, I'm I'm pleased that you enjoyed it anyway because I, I think in that gray or in that muddle is I think a pretty interesting character study on both sides. I think because the characters are very much characters, yeah. I think you have to just go with it. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta. You gotta. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the warden as he's leaving, you mentioned like that that kind of coldness, the stillness of his character. I mean, that to me, I don't know if you picked up on the line that someone makes a sort of a, a, a silly fart noise. Yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, <laughs> and then yells at him. That's your mother's fart hole. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she's loud. Yeah, what a strange, it's an odd one. A strange criticism, uh, insult yeah. to hurl at somebody. But the again, does not flinch. No? Doesn't bat an eye. This warden is totally co- cool and collected in this moment, which Business. I was yeah. really impressed by. Now, I will say, at this point, after the shiv, we talked about you know Jonah's 
beat up rather savagely and then he's basically in traction in in the in the medic room yeah i felt bad for him um and we got a moment of of manny kind of talking to him saying like i gotta get out i'm gonna get out i want you with me 30 below and he said i can't go out like this i'm not in the right you know he's he's got like a neck brace and so forth yeah he can't take those beatings anymore exactly (laughs) yeah he's getting older i can't do it anymore this is his home and he kind of alludes manny does to the fact that he's like i'm not coming back like this is it and uh, that was a theme that kind of runs throughout the movie. But I like that like scene between kind of like Clooney, a little bit like Clooney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, same you principle. Kill me, but I'm not. I'm not going back. And I this was done better. Yeah. I like any of those movies that kind of have that. I mean, any of these kind of heist, whatever type of movies they have, that's always a, a classic trope to go to. Right? It's like you're never going to take me alive. That goes back from you know gangster movies of the '40s and Cagney, and you know it's just like, uh, or even earlier '30s with. Uh, Paul Mooney in, in in the original Scarface, like just a uh, just There's like an original Scarface. Yeah, I don't know that was a remake. Oh, that's great. Like um, and so that kind of this is it. I'm never coming back. Kind of vibe is always, I think, really excellent. And again, that relationship between the two is evident, even in a small little short scene like this. Yeah. What I do think is that it was a probably a heck of a lot easier to break out of a prison in 1985 than it would be today because what are your thoughts on the uh the escape itself uh, unless you've got uh, you know you know i'm gonna i was gonna bring it up of course i want to give you the opportunity uh, first time not so much and then they actually used the term maximum security yeah prison yeah. it it was a little easy seemingly yeah seemingly yes do you want to walk around a pipe full of shit mm. no this but. is i figured this was a medium security getaway not okay. a maximum security, uh, even for 85. Like the maximum is, it's not, I think, very rare that people get out. Having said all that, it needs to happen, I suppose. Uh, like, I just, I, I think it's more the laundry cart. Like, come on, that's classic, that. right? And Buck's using his relationship with the guards, which is a thing. I love that scene, actually. Uh, strange. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, that's that's valid. So, yeah. I think with that scene i'm willing to buy it because they try to sell it yeah even though i don't think it's sold mm-hmm. uh, but i appreciate the the effort uh, I, but yeah it's, it would be a lot harder but ask let me ask you this what was the point of the saran wrap the grease yeah i thought it would be more was inclusive it? of getting through the gate but they wear their clothes over, over it t- yeah so unless the clothes then can shimmy uh, easier I don't understand it. I thought maybe for the cold weather, but I don't think how that keeps you yeah. warm. I my only thought was around get naked because we're going to be going and have to slide through. through yeah, but he uses his bars the, that yeah. that will only go maybe so an extra far. three or four inches. So I, you know you're gonna need to do a shimmy shake. There's pretty d- some dark scenes there, so I didn't really get the yeah. visuals. Are kind of tough. But That's yeah. what I think it's supposed to do. But they immediately put their clothes over it. And I don't really see it factor in. So I mean, I, I don't, I don't have a good answer for it. But my, my impression would be that it was to, to grease their way through these pipes, even though they didn't need. to. Maybe they're trying to further sell it. Say so it's not as easy as it looks. But yes, they sir. didn't really show what Could the be. reason. So yep. who's willing to, to do that? Sure. Clearly. I mean, the grease as well might be, uh, or the, uh, the saran wrap maybe because they're going to crawl through a, a pipe of shit. Uh, they didn't want to touch in their nipples. Maybe or, it could know, be down. It could be the nipples. Like they yeah. don't mind their hands because they're obviously gonna have to, you know, yeah, whatever. Don't want, but maybe they're just not the nipples. No, what dirty nips? I get that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thought, anyway. But then I, I really immediately felt bad for 
And I immediately for, for Buck felt, felt bad for Buck because he gave the Buck the bitch. <laughs> he gave the shoes that he could have been using this whole time. I never even to get out of uh, the. To, yeah, and it's a real shame because. Yeah. Uh, but I also like the spontaneity of it. I like that Buck is so enamored of the idea that he wanted to help Manny. Like that was his whole thing. He wasn't really even He's thinking Gaga about leaving Manny. Yeah, and I like that in the midst of it all. As it's happening, he says, "Fuck it, I'm going." Like, uh, what? Am, why? I'm going. You know, I'm going. And, and he says it more than once because he says it. everything more than once. It's true. Everything, yep. minimum twice, <laughs> at least. But he's trying to, I think, even ratchet himself up, like get himself hyped for it, because he's like, "I'm, I'm, I'm going." Like this is happening, and Manny obviously doesn't want any part of it. But at this point, it's not really his, you know, say in the matter necessarily. But I kind of like the spontaneity of it. And again, that's Buck's character. He sort of has this. He's far less methodical or planned out or or have like big picture thinker. He doesn't have really any of that. He's very like all id, you know, straight head. Don't think about it. Just, you know, whatever's the most um, quickest fix, as it were, I'm, I'm going to go for it. And uh, again, I like that character. It's particularly how it bounces off of Manny, who's clearly much more cerebral, if you can call it that, but, but far more measured in his approach to just about everything. And watching that dynamic i thought was going to be well laid out for the next hour and a half movie that we were watching i, I kind of thought that these early scenes really set that dynamic up pretty well yes yes and that definitely pay, pays off for the next like you know five six ten twelve scenes. the rest of the movie really yeah uh minus maybe the last little bit so yeah uh, so at that point yeah they're what they're out of the prison they're getting through the cold now they they met the, jonah says minus 30 yeah now, in Canada, that's really cold. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking Fahrenheit, that's much colder. Yeah. But I think he's just exaggerating. That Jonah, you know, he can't trust the thing that comes out of his mouth. <laughs> but I think generally, they really, I feel cold yeah. watching this movie. Yeah. And Buck, poor Buck, you know, kept poor going guy. on. But I got no shoes. <laughs> got no shoes. I need uh, shoes. Yeah. But he made it. They both made it. I kind of thought that would actually play up later. I figured there would be some sort of. Again, my memory—I didn't—I re- only remembered certain elements or vis- you know, images, as I said. But I kind of had this thought when I was watching it, thinking like, "Oh, this will be some sort of plot point. It is. He'll be. He'll have uh, frozen uh, frostbite. Frostbite. Is what the kids is the word it, yes. I, I'm looking for. So I thought that would actually play up in you know more increase the stakes a little bit on on his side. But obviously, in the end, he, he's. You know, Manny's got a bad hand or he's got a bad foot. Like, you know, they have to kind of work together in a weird way. Uh, yeah, that's an uh, interesting um, approach. But they didn't but... obviously do it. But I really like that. It's a short stretch between when they break out of prison, when they get to the sort of train yard. But I agree with you. And, like, there are every every exterior shot in this movie, I feel cold. I feel the the elements, as it were. And I think, again, from, from performance and obviously all the shot and stylistic choices that tells you this is cold. really cold out here. Well, you said the editing one—it was up yep. for nominated for yeah, editing. Nominated for editing. Uh, yeah. Looking back now, that's not something I tend to think about. Sure, I think it gets lost behind cinematography, and that's re- usually when we bow out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we get the soundtracks, cinematography, performances, dialogue, and that's it. Yeah, but I—that makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I thought it was edited really, really well, and and bet to balance these sort of couple of, of main scenes. couple of main stories to kind of keep it. Uh, you know, three different perspectives on the same situation. Uh, it never spends too much time at Central. It never spends too much time on the train. It never overstays its welcome. And the uh, warden side, the, the chase part of that yeah. also doesn't doesn't take up a ton of time yeah. either. So I find 
I thought that stuff is really interesting. But I really like that. And then when they're at the train station and they're warming up and, once again, Buck needs shoes. He's looking for shoes. I got to get shoes. shoes. He said it 12 <laughs> times, the shoes. He's got to get shoes. Um, he really, he really, he really needs them. But I have to shit. tell you, if I'm in minus thirty with not a lot of, I want shoes. I want shoes too. Uh, so I, per, I, I would it. prefer boots, but I'll take shoes. Take whatever. But I, yeah. I kind of like the uh, and socks. The little quiet scene that they have before getting on the train itself. And now, there's not a lot that happens. They're just kind of scavenging, looking for the the right train and the right materials, as it were. And why they pick that train? Because I want it. Because I want it. I thought, he, I thought he would have had a better reason, but I think that reason suits the character. It's the character. He's yeah. just sort of, again, he, it, it just uh, he's so narrow focused on what he, his control. Control uh, a little bit for sure, and a lot for sure. He talks about it later, too. There's some great lines where, like, I'm at war with everybody and everything. I'm at, and war, everybody. I'm at, I'm at war with the world and everybody in it. Yeah. That was the line that yeah. I was going to say at the beginning. How I felt, oh. <laughs> and there it is. Uh, I can scratch that off. <laughs> but that is to me something that is indicative of the character. So to team to player. conquer something, to take something, it was a bigger train, perhaps the introduction of the train coming through the mist. It's sort of like almost majestic in its presentation. Yeah, he didn't, uh, he didn't want the milk run train. I think he didn't use the term milk run, but that's the impression I got. With why don't we take this one? Yeah. That's one that's going slow and yeah. making a lot of stops. I think that's that's it. He kind of wants, for lack of a better term, an express train, and obviously he got he one. He got one, absolutely. <laughs> Even more now, off more than he can chew. That's pretty much 30, 33, 35 minutes on into the movie that we're on the train. This movie is a is an hour forty, so it leaves about an hour ten, hour five on the train. Did you think, were you paying attention to the time left or anything like that? Did you have any sense as to, were you surprised that they were on the train this early? I mean, obviously you didn't know what what was to come later, but did you feel like you had had enough to get on the train? I don't know how I'm articulating that, but. I think I get what you're saying, because it's funny, because narrow margin is basically the exact length of similar, movie. Exactly, yeah. Uh, how long it gets to be on the, might have been a little bit quicker in narrow margin to get on the Train? A little bit, though. I think Maybe, it's that same 20 kind of laying some groundwork, and now we're and on the And then we train. get on. So it's kind of fun to compare the two. But, you know, this is a movie that I never once paid attention to the time. Great. And that's a, that's typically a win. Yeah. I, I think say. you had mentioned how long it was. I'm like, oh, okay, it's this, so I'm just I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I did indicate, yeah, it was like a tight I, I mean, I didn't remember. I thought it was a 90-minute movie. You said not, yeah, which yeah. is an hour and a half for those who. Yes, um, anyone keeping score. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I thought I thought it felt about right. I think it was time. If this, yeah. if this is going to be uh, train central, no pun intended, central. Yes. yes. Um, I think yeah, I think it's about time we get on and get this. Uh, I think you run the risk. Tracks. I think you run the risk, particularly in a movie like this, where if it's if you're on the train too early, you think. It's a train. This is the problem we have with narrow margin to a certain extent was that they didn't really capitalize on what the train gives you just as its own. And that's obviously a passenger train. This is a very different type of train. But, sure. Oh, yeah, but it didn't yeah. maximize or capitalize on the tension you can build in the train and, and the, some of the secret compartments in the backs and forth and so forth. Which is which is funny because they're much more contained in this one into one yeah. car. But yeah. They're able to add more tension where this has the a lot more to to work with uh, in narrow margin and didn't really, like you said, maximize. Yeah. The, I never felt any real tension. 
necessarily. I still love that margin. movie. I don't, I don't, Nothing don't, wrong don't, with don't. it entirely. It was a completely kind of a, a, a nice Take watch. out the bad guys. Yeah. Have no bad guys in this movie. <laughs> it's a great it's movie. It's an scenic tour of, of, of Albert NBC. <laughs> uh, but anyway, nothing against that movie. But I, I just thought this one was more tense and more intense in some ways. And it was... Imagine these guys as the bad guys in Narrow there Margin. You go. There, there you go. go. That's what, there it is. Marry the two together. <laughs> uh, we got something real special. Now, the only complaint I really have about this movie comes right about now, which is I would have preferred... Okay. That the engineer not immediately. Yeah, that was pretty died. quick. I, I kind of thought, let's get him on the road as a it little were. bit. Let it breathe a and bit. And then sure. something happened, maybe. But this is sort of within minutes of them getting on the train. It's pretty quick, yeah. He croaks. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that from a stylistic or from a narrative perspective. Obviously, he's got to do it. It just felt like a bizarre. They coincidence the rest of it when could have spent a couple of minutes on it i don't see why not I yeah mean, i mean you don't want to introduce the character i guess you don't want to meet his you know uh, uh jim <laughs> you know engineer jim necessarily you just sort of see him right he doesn't have a characterization there's no dialogue keep, keeping that t- tight 140 yeah you know? <laughs> so i get it i just i felt like uh it just happened what i felt was really abruptly i was like okay here we, oh shoot this is happening already i'm I didn't remember that, and it, I thought it kind of threw me off a little bit. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I I I, I thought I thought like this is quick. These things are happening fast, but uh, for that's a good point. Is like we, we're not going to get to know this guy. Yeah, we just he's old. He's an older fella. He had a heart attack, and it makes us think that maybe they should have a contingency for these situations. Yeah, certainly. And well, like, apparently they did. Uh, she took a nap. Oh yeah, she <laughs> took a nap. Rebecca De Mornay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that I just thought that was a little bit kind of in, like easy, let's say, I for lack I, of a better term. It had to happen. Sure. So like I'm willing to just do it. I just guess they're just it. pulling the band-aid. Like, all right, let's just fuck around. Like we're not messing around with the Let's get the string going. Yeah. I like, think it's good for tempo. To do, yeah. I think it has positives to it. I think the positives outweigh the negative. As I'm talking to you, I, I find I'm more swayed to that point, but when I first watched it, I thought, oh, already? Like, it just felt... Yeah. Well, it's it's abnormal, usually, from what you tend to watch movies. They usually... They, they drag it drag out. They it drag out. the... This was nice the change. Tension, the will they... They'll drag you know. it out. Let's just get on the train. Yeah. And, then, and then, right after that, I think it's when we get Central. Yep. We're just going to call it Central. The introduction to Central. Yeah. Central Control. Well, yep, Central... Frank and TK Carter. Yeah. From the shows. <laughs> the thing I do I recognize them and yep. these guys bring in their own energy a whole lot of 11s man other Every- than Ruby other than Ruby yeah, he bring a two Ruby is very quaint very, uh, yes but everybody's so jacked and it was Playboy sponsoring this movie somehow or Hustler there's two oh, the, two magazines the in magazine. this one you had the, the guard and then you have TK taking a quick peekaroo there well you know why not What's funny, Phil, I'm just this thought popped in my head and well as we talk about the movie, this will be more apparent as we go on, is it doesn't put women in the best light or you know, things like that. And I always wonder about these things, or even television shows like All in the Family or Married with Children. Is the person directing it, is that who they are and that's how they feel, or are they just kind of bringing it to light, say this is what's in society, I don't agree with it, I'm I'm gonna show it. And we're gonna feel like, oh, this isn't right. What do you think of the percentages? Is like I'm putting on because that's that's who I am versus I wanted to show people what what's wrong with the world. Well, I think All in the Family isn't really part of that. I don't. They never really 
that was the racist part you're saying. So presenting that that yeah, racism, sexism, Archie that, Archie yeah, has it all. But. Yeah, that was I, at least from all accounts, Norman Lear produced and, and created that show as a like a bizarro reflection of society. Yeah, that's right? what, that's satire. what I got. But something like Married with Children on Fox in 1990, 91, realized very quickly Christina Applegate is gorgeous. And it'll sell. And it'll sell. So for the next eight or nine years, it's more girls in bikinis coming in. There uh, was a lot of that, uh, oddly enough. Yeah. I still love the show, but yeah. But, you know, it sort of deviates. If you watch the first couple of seasons, it's sort of one type of humor. And then the next four, five, six seasons, if I remember, is yeah. it different. It's more, uh, it's exaggerated misogyny. It's exaggerated yeah. boobs and, and bikinis and, and dim, you know, dim-headed women and stuff like that. Because so. like Archie, uh, Al is, is the butt of the joke. Of course. You know, and that's what makes it, I think, in a lot of ways, okay. Yes. And I think it still stands up in a lot of ways today. It's like, oh, it's not as, a, it's offensive because, it's not offensive because, we know he's the problem. We yes. all we're all on the other side of it. So, yeah. yeah, I think more about the 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 sexism and like the parading women around is a ratings thing more than a <laughs> yeah a, a cultural Cult- touchstone yeah, maybe, for yeah. we're really gonna reflect back. But that kind of uh, pokai uh, guy that's a <laughs> disaster of a human being, you know, <laughs> what uh, shoe salesman, you know, yeah. love Lauren and so forth. <laughs> You know, Peggy runs that show, and we all know it. Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah, she wears the pants. <laughs> but yeah, but this—I thought this was—and yeah, it was more and more poignant later, later in the movie. So we'll mm-hmm. save it for that. But yeah, I thought that uh, again, Barstow is certainly the the lead guy here at Central. Frank, yeah, Frank, Frank Barstow, Barstow. And, yeah. and he is again a completely different energy. That equally, almost equally as loud. It's but, the thing. He's yeah, just as intense. He's just as jacked up. Yeah, intense. I think is the as Manny to a certain extent, and and maybe as as sort of annoying on some levels as as Buck has been at times. So I just again, everybody's so dialed up in this movie that and it's, were, a, it's a serious problem. Yeah, and they're and they're treating it like a serious problem. But but I think if you do that movie today, they're not bringing that energy, even no. though the problem is serious. Yeah. I agree. It's it's like everybody is just all jacked up trying to solve this problem. And I can't deal with that now. Shut up. I've got to do, you know, like it's all focus, all hands on the work. Yeah. And um, a lot of coke on set. maybe. Yeah, it really does get that impression. (laughs) I I mean, I I have a note that says something like similar to that uh, because everybody is so jacked up. But but Barstow in particular, and it obviously comes to comes to a head a little bit later, but he immediately is locked into this. Uh, both cavalier when they say like, "Hey, we've got a runaway," and he says, ah, "Don't worry about it. We'll just move it on to, row, you know, line eleven, and it'll be a okay." Yeah. And then when they say, "No, you can't do that," then he's like, "Oh shoot, it's a problem." Because he sort of designed these things. Yeah. Well, he, he was, sort of created the yeah the system, as they say, right? You can fix it. You guys, you created the system, and he kind of comes back and he says, "I created the system to manage." The, with, with somebody on there with a conductor well yeah like work together and like switch lines and so forth he's like i've got the system mapped out but it, I, you can't prepare for a runaway apparently not clearly you still can't today <laughs> there's no contingency. unstoppable and he came out, came out in 2000 so they still haven't fixed the they issue. haven't figured it out exactly <laughs> exactly but i kind of like that as a as a place to go as a place to cut away to as a way to interrupt the speeding train stuff yeah it was necessary uh i thought it was a, it was a great place to go with interesting characters 
even though they don't get, again, backstory, like we don't know what they're dealing with. But everybody's kind of unique, uh, I thought. Sweaty, uh, Brings their own energies and their own relationships somehow. And You have Sweaty Eddie. <laughs> Sweaty Eddie comes in, absolutely. <laughs> in a bathrobe. And see, you yeah, know, yeah. And, tucking in his shirt and yeah, he's all disheveled. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. he's, I'm guessing I got, he was Frank's boss. Yes. I think he had the final say, technically speaking. That's but, right. And they butted heads a lot, obviously, to make it more interesting, which it yeah, did. Yeah, I kind of like that they're, you know, they're at odds with what to do. And one says derail. I, you know, there's a way it's that. It's a tough decision. There's a way that you look at this as sort of a, uh, and another thing, uh, and another thing. But the nature of, I mean, I don't know trains, but the way it's presented in this movie feels completely legitimate when it says, We've solved this one hurdle. They managed to divert this track to this track. But in 26 minutes, there's another problem because we've got a bridge or we've got another train or we've got, you know. Yeah. I believe I was... that that it isn't just a two-minute fix. Let me just click this button, click that button, and whew, we're smooth, right? Then there's like the the, the nuclear power plant or something that we're going to – if they were going to derail it, yeah. it would be too close to the – Yeah, then you so, get the bridge that only holds 50 – can only handle 50 miles per hour and yeah. going 80. I think we talk about this, and I don't know – again, like you, I don't know a lot about trains. And like why is it – Despite having watched only I know, we still movies. don't know anything about trains. <laughs> is I'm, I'm believing everything that's coming out of their uh, out of their mouths when it comes to why it's going fast, why it's not stopping – how many engines? The engines do this. Yeah. The tracks. Sure. Yeah. I'm watching. I believe everything. And I'm wondering, is that blue? The guy that... Oh, it is. Is it blue? It is blue. Okay. All right. Good. Yep. Anyway, so... <laughs> yeah. Much I, younger blue from old school. I remember him from a, a movie. He's been around. Absolutely. Um, called Life Stinks, uh, which is a really bad Mel Brooks movie. But it's got one of my favorite things. And he talks about that character that actor in this in the movie they see him we'll never watch this movie so i'm only going to mention this one thing but <laughs> his neck the back of his neck is so sort of thin and gaunt that his two sort of main tendons are visible and i remember vividly this is a movie again came out probably 88 90 like okay. I'm 10 years old and uh and mel brooks looks at him and says oh oh his 11s are up and that means He's, he's not long for the world. And I just have this vision of that neck, yeah, two right? ones, and that was like means you're almost dead. I don't know what it was, but when he popped up here, that's the image I have. Not of Blue, although yeah. Blue dying with two mud wrestling yes. women. Best way to go. Better way to go Better. than the 11s in, the, in this movie. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it was him. It was nice to see him. And then we kind of go back to the train. And Buck is still like amped. He's still psyched. He's like, we're free. Everything is going to be great. I can't wait to find a nice woman. I can't wait to... Ro They're talking about the, the yeah. two million. Yeah. And this is, I thought you might appreciate this because you, uh, I know you often say, well, if you got two million bucks, why Why did you even... Why are you going back? Absolutely. Right? It's like, a good haul. Uh, but I like that he kind of says it was adjusted for inflation or something like that. Like it wasn't actually two, two, two million. Plus he got arrested, so it didn't matter. But yeah, I like that Buck is so excited about going and get that score and he's just been dreaming about this score and this is the first little bit of again it's dialed up but i love the way manny tries to kind of cut him down it's like you're not going to do that yeah the, the whole spiel but the, the job. whole thing you're going to get a job and it's going to be a shitty job and you're going to hold on to it like it's gold because it is and they're going to look at you don't look at them because you're going to stab them <laughs> in the fucking throat yeah 
Uh, that was quite a speech. But, and it, it just says, like, you're just going to do it. Like, you're going to look down, you're going to clean it up, and you're going to whatever, because you're that's all you can do. If get. you can do that, if you can do that. And if you can do that, you'll be okay. And it dem- completely deflates. deflates Buck. And then he throws it back at him, like, would you? I and wish. I wish. And I, I, there's something about the way he delivers that line after that speech with the, again, dialed up and you're just like yelling at him hard. And he completely kind of 180s that anger into, I wish I could do that. Like, that's the dream. That's the dream. Not the 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 last big score and not like yeah, the other it's, thing. It's a very character development situation uh, for it gives a little other side of uh, – yeah, of Manny's character. Agreed, and like I thought snippet. It, it was perfect timing for that because I love the sequence, I love the scene, I love the, the 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 dialogue. But I thought you run the risk. You were talking before of if Manny is just an animal throughout the whole time, and all he does is bully Buck and kind of sla- yeah. you know, yells and screams and fights and we're gonna have problems. Then what does it matter at the end of? The movie at the end. I hope of, he die. Yeah, I hope right. He gets like, it. yeah, jerk. Who cares, right? And yeah. so it's that scene and another one uh, later that I thought really kind of throws a sense as to who this guy is outside of this monster that's been in a yes, cage. He's more, yeah, I really appreciate that. Was very. Thought. I think that was very important. And it's not a lot. It's just two, like you say, and they're not long. Well, the second one's a little kind of hangs, lingers a little bit for a couple of minutes, but. I think that's one of the reasons why it was more okay uh, uh, with not having a straight-up good guy sure. in the movie. Give yeah. this guy a little bit of uh, humanity, as it were. And one thing he says is he's not an animal, and this is, is a theme in the movie, right from the beginning, being called an animal. He's yep. like, I'm not an animal. That's worse. Yes. I'm human. That's like, right. Oh, he's got a good point there, because cats are nice. Dogs are mostly nice. Birds are great. Though birds aren't really – I guess they're all animals. Anyways, so, yeah, I like that. It's a nice little – Little thought. Yeah, I was a big fan of it. It was kind of it was right before we introduce the third party on the on the train. The third wheel, yeah. <laughs> um, Rebecca De Mornay. Rebecca De Mornay, yeah. Now I don't know how familiar you are with her as an I, actor. I know the name. It was was She's it a been big, around for a long time? It must have been a big name in the eighties, eh? She was in Risky Business. Okay, with uh, Tom. Tom. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she was in um, And God Created Woman. Um, I saw her in in my. Early early teen years is a in a erotic thriller uh, from the early nineties called uh, "Don't Talk to Strangers" Ooh. with uh, Antonio Banderas. Okay, um, and I, as again, I'm, anything in that like ninety three, four, five region, uh, I'm enjoying whatever's out there. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I thought she was beautiful in that. She's in the Stand. They did a remake of the Stand. Uh, sorry, of the Shining. And she played Wendy in that TV movie. She's been around forever. She's just a name and a face that you might recognize in a thousand things, but uh, barely recognizable in this movie. I'd completely forgotten that she was in it. Um, yeah, she wasn't glamorous by, no. by any means. Uh, and why is she there? That's a question I don't really know necessarily, other than just to add a little more color to the to the dynamic. Uh, but as a character herself and what she does or doesn't do with regards to the movie and the plotting doesn't really amount to a whole lot i'd have no problem with her but she doesn't really she's more functional it seems than anything else yeah i i generally and <laughs> she has her energy level as well and she's keeping she's keeping up that's what i like about this movie everyone seems 
Buck has put the bar here, <laughs> yep. and everybody else is, okay, that's the bar, Buck. <laughs> that's where we're at. <laughs> that's where we're going to bring it to. And every, other than Ruby aside, yep. everybody gets there. It's true. So. She does get in there. Yeah. Well, I think it adds a, a dynamic, a bridge between the two characters in a funny way, between Buck and Manny, almost like a referee in, a in some instances. So I think it's... Uh, I think it, I think it played well. Generally, I would I want her there. Yeah, I like yeah. that that the way she's introduced again to the outside world is though someone's pulling the horn. They think they're saved. Bit of a plot, right? So I like that there's like this redirect, right? They think, mm-hmm. oh, they're not as bad off as they are because someone is on the train, obviously. And then she sort of says, I am just nobody. Like I, maybe I she's like a trainee, maybe. It sort asleep. of seemed like she was that and took the the, yeah. the scene. Now, what I, you know, on about the '80s and sort of what the what the political uh, intergenerational or intergender relationships may have been, Barstow's reaction to having Rebecca de Mornay on the train is disgusting. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> it doesn't age well. No. He, he says, great. The only other person on the train is a woman. Just what I need. Ugh. And he's so mad that a woman could not possibly help his situation no, at all. Definitely going to make it worse. Make this nothing but make my life worse. Yeah. Having a woman. Just kidding. And what's funny is back to Demornay, same along the same lines. Uh, she they think it's a guy. But yep. She's outside trying to get to them and Buck's like, "Oh, let me go out and help him." Yeah. And as soon as he comes in, she's a woman. How would you like a good fuck? Yeah. Uh, it really explains the rape charges. Uh, so a little rapey. So. Statutory. He's a little older. That's yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so just a complete 180 yeah. from I think it's a guy. Yeah. Oh, it's a woman. And I completely shift yeah. gears. But now, that relationship really blossoms later. <laughs> it nice. really comes around. Yeah. I will say very that forgiving. if you're coming from prison... I'm not advocating. Yeah, for it, I but, suppose. You know, I can kind of appreciate to a certain extent, like, oh shoot, it's a woman. Well, this is the solution. This is, then this for is sure. this is what I'm looking for. But I agree. The I had bigger issues with Barstow's reaction because it was so much around. He's not, he's not prison. Like, he's, well, that yeah, like he's just like everyday oh, Barstow. Women suck <laughs> yeah, and generally, I, and I can't uh, I, I can't use them in this instance. Whereas Buck is like, I have needs. <laughs> It's been a while. Uh, it's been a while. I'm and, in love with Manny. <laughs> and exactly. I've been settling for this guy. Uh, but I also kind of appreciate to a certain extent that, and they do kind of call him a rapo, and he does sort of defend himself, whether you kind of buy it or not. But there is some level, again, of that Manny's energy maybe towards Buck is that he's just some monster himself, rapist and so forth. And then once he clears the air, as it were, that he's, you know, let's say – 18 she's 15 not that it's cool but like it isn't some uh, uh, you know beat sure. someone up and raped them and left them for dead that happens in another movie that we're, we'll talk about later. is that maximum security though i don't know that? again yeah. i don't know enough I about maximum. i know about as much about trains as i do about prisons <laughs> so crimes it's tough to say anyway i'm not excusing it but i just think like it adds a, a layer to him that oh maybe this is why manny hates him so much and uh, it does show a little bit of if that is who he is, is the sort of rapist on some level. The fact that he doesn't really, even though he says, "Do you want a good fuck?" doesn't really make a move at any point. Yeah, he doesn't. No, he uh, doesn't put his money. I kind of respect that at least. You know that 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 you respect Buck. Yeah, that's he, what I'm he, getting here. He can ask the question, <laughs> but not actually push for the sure. Yeah, for the reality. But. I I don't I don't think yeah that's I think it's more of the how she and maybe she's just very understanding. Oh, I get it. 
course. She's, she's been in prison. I'm not going to take this personally because they're like, you know, hold me later. But <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Which for different reasons. Anyways, yes. it's, it's interesting. It's, no, it's notable. Noteworthy. For sure. For sure. She comes up with, after they've kind of pushed and fought and whatever else, this idea of slowing the train down by breaking the bus line. Yeah. I wish she would have thought that when she was there. Yes. Thought that same thing. But I like that scene a lot. I thought it was pretty gripping. I thought it was shot really well. Again, get the sense that the speed of the train. Again, there's these cutaways every once in a while of just, just the train barreling down. And I'm both connected to the, the cold and, and the weather of it. But yeah. also that this train is going very fast. It's speed and snow. Whether it is or not in terms of real life, like how the cameras are maybe manipulating it and so forth. But from a, a stylistic choices and, and direction... I am feeling like this train is, a, in fact, a runaway train in the freezing cold of Alaska. And so when they're out there... Oh, trying, is it Alaska? Yeah. Oh, okay. Trying to break this bus line, I was like, oh, man. Like, I don't know. I was That was edge of my seat kind of stuff. It's short scene, short scene, but I thought, I'm really into this. I'm really digging it. And they're kind of breaking it with the hammer. And Manny's going down with his one hand to try and do it. And then... She almost falls. Uh, then she falls later, and mm-hmm. then Buck kind of finally does does break it with the with the um, wrench. I thought all of that scene was pretty uh, harrowing. I, I really thought it was really well executed and, and exciting and, and interesting. I wasn't on the edge of my seat. I was in the regular spot of my speed, uh, seat. But, yeah, I think it uh, it racked up the tension a little bit. It's a good scene. Short Did you lean scene. forward at least? I might have. I might have. There might have been a lean. I'd have, to check, I'd have to check the security <laughs> footage. Check the tape. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's ramping up nice. Uh, I think things are speeding along pretty good here, and it's up up in the ante a little bit. So, yeah, I kind of like that. And it goes right from that into, and this point we're kind of introduced now to the warden to Barstow. Barstow's energy in this scene, man, this guy is, yeah, really jacked up. He is, yeah. And to your point, the warden who in the earlier scenes was unfazed by all of it, continues that trend as Barstow flips out and leaves. I gotta take a pee. This is ridiculous. That next scene, I just love. Yeah, the pee in the face. <laughs> the pee in the face. I, I, I've never seen that before. You, you've seen people get their heads dunked in, in toilet water. Yep. But not their own piss. Yeah. So I thought that was very effective. Very effective. And to portray that character, give us a little bit more of, of him and how this relationship between him and Manny, like really what's manifesting here mm-hmm. and just does not give a shit. Like he's like, whatever it takes. And I, it was great. It was, it was a fun scene. And that really, for a little bit, quieted it down for like a, <laughs> a little, little bit, bit. Yep. Uh, as he wipes the POA. Yeah. I, kinda thought, <laughs> I thought the scene was really intense, but also again, really it's a good choice, really good. And yeah, it was really effective. I thought to, uh, you rarely get midstream interrupt interruption you know again we've seen toilet all the time but this felt like this is pretty original you're peeing right now and now you're basically eating drinking it and uh, yeah i thought it really effective and it just showed the 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 warden is unapologetic and unyielding in his pursuit and is not going to put up with shit basically because he's running maximum security prison which he kind of calls him out on later and says have you ever done that like think about what i have to deal with on a given day this guy is nothing to me. Right? That's that's why there's always a big fall when you watch movies with a warden. Yeah, there's always the big fall because they're so high up there. Yep. And then that's just an environment that breeds that. Yep. 
but it's always interesting to see the fall of it. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, we saw it in Last Castle. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. More in, in James Gandolfini in, in our archives, but there's a hundred movies that are yeah have it's a common thing. theme and shows as well. Yeah, that's good. I think the next thing I have would because we get back on the train, unless you got something before we hop back on, was I love. I don't know how far I am. Hid is just. De Mornay's character is talking and talking about miracles, mm-hmm. and I have, <laughs> and I just love Voight saying he sounds stupid. Yep, and going on about there's no miracles, blah blah this yep. and this. I love that, and I love his like a birdie uh, <laughs> yeah. motion of I you know I thought that was just hilarious. All just, of it was great. I don't know if it was ad lived or uh, his noise, his sound effects to the birdie. Just a just a fun scene. Yeah, I great. think so. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I thought that was really effective too, and I like that he. You know, basically follows that up with, you know, no one, there's no one to rely on but yourself. Like, yeah. don't believe in miracles. Don't believe in the, believe the. Is there a song called that? Don't believe in miracles. It's uh, I believe in miracles. Oh, I believe. Uh, you sexy thing. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> but in that instance, I agree that having, again, this is a guy that's seen shit. He's been in the worst situations. He creates his own well, shit, I'm sure. But, but he's been locked up in a cage and this and that. You know, you're not really thinking about miracles. He's fit, though. He's a lot of push-ups. Uh, so. A lot of push-ups uh, when you're in this position. So I, I suspect that... Uh, Silver lining. That I, I kind of like the attitude. And, and the, the fact that, you know, don't, don't rely on anyone but yourself is kind of funny to me. Because in some ways, that's his MO for sure. But every once in a while in this movie, we're introduced to someone that actually ends up helping him in a weird way whether it's Barstow and the Central kind of negotiating so this train doesn't, frankly, run into other trains and explode and blow exactly. up. Exactly, keeping the them case. alive for the time uh, being. Derailments and so forth. You've got De Mornay, who offers an idea as to how to slow it down, possibly offer some other creative ideas, may not have gotten out of prison fully without buck around, right? So this guy that can only rely on himself in his own mind is actually being surrounded by people helping yeah, him out. It's an interesting thought, um, yeah. And I think that that's sort of what comes up later a little bit um, in that character. So all in all, I thought, you know, at this point, he's he recognizes or doesn't recognize maybe his hand and he's forcing because Rebecca Bourne say, oh, you can maybe go to the front car. If you get to the front main engine, you can shut the whole thing down. But you can't go out there really because there's no handrail. There's no walkway. There's no anything. And here we have Brave Buck when he's busy <laughs> not being. A misogynist, a rapey misogynist. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and she says it like you're so brave and it yeah. was quite interesting. It, I, what I found funny about that was just it's the it's the time where strangely she's brought to a three, like in terms of her energy. Anybody in this movie is, again, we've talked before over and over and over. And yet here it is. And she just says what I feel like a really uninspired line reading of you're so brave. Like, no emotion no. behind it, no energy, no excitement, no yeah. anything, passion. I thought that was really funny. But also, of course, it's Buck that's going to take on that role, right? Because he's so, yeah, I can, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. No, not really thinking about what it means in the end. And obviously, you've got Manny kind of forcing it along, absolutely, you know, egging him on. Be a man. You're the guy. You know, this kind of stuff. He's and trying to use, like, he's, he's clearly using him. Using, I, I wrote a note saying... John Voigt would make a really good football coach. Try uh, var- uh, uh, Varsity Blues. Right after yeah. I said that, I'm like, oh, he was. Which one? Oh, yeah, Varsity Blues. What a <laughs> terrible right. person he was in that in yeah. that movie. I don't want your life. Yeah, it's a great film. 
<laughs> and I love how he's pushing him and trying to be a motivator. Yeah. And with a sort of secret agenda of you, you do the the, the hard stuff. Yep. Or the but stuff. I think he's also like berating him. I think he's like motivating him by saying like, you don't be a pussy. Don't be a, yeah. you know, or something like that. Right. Yeah. Like all these kind of negative stuff on him. They do that in football. I'm sure. Oh, 100%, 100%. <laughs> they do it in a lot of things. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but I, I like the scene. I like that he goes out and he's trying and he is so <laughs> defeated that he can't do it. Because I think... He's got no brains, uh, yeah. Manny says. He's but got Buck, no brains. Buck wants to... And she's like, you're mean. <laughs> yeah, it's straight up, you're mean. Out of three. Out of, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I kind of thought that Buck wants so much, so desperately, to be like integral to the operation. And when he has this opportunity to be the lead guy, and I'll take care of it, and he doesn't, he already kind of feels a little like shit. And then Manny just beats the crap out of him. Yeah, didn't even want to let him back in. Didn't want to let him back in. Like, do not, you know, this is not <laughs> over, you know? And I thought, yikes. Yeah. This is, and you kind of think at times that there's not necessarily like a bonding. Relationships on but thin that, ice. That, you, that, that a relationship is at least developing just by virtue of proximity, at the very least. Yeah. And some of the conversations and some of the back and forths, you kind of get the impression at times that they're more at ease with one another. And then something like that happens and you realize, no, it's still just about exactly we have one mission here and we're going to probably die without it. And yeah, just when you think Manny's going to soften a bit yeah. on, on, on Buck, he just I think he realizes himself that he's starting to soften. And he's, oh, no, no I can't do that. That's it. I got to go back to he's Manny. At war. He's yeah. at war with, with everyone, every, with the world, everybody in it, like, yeah. including himself, I'm sure. Right? issues. Like, I'm starting um, to think Manny's got issues. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, you know, she, DeMornay's character, Sarah, kind of calls him on it throughout, right? Like, oh, you're using him. You're using him because you only, uh, you know, you've got uh, one hand and whatever else because of the stabbing. Uh, I thought it's... Yeah, she called him out. Uh, I thought, anyway, I like the dynamics. I like the interplay. And I like that that scene sort of softens Buck to Sarah and obviously heightens... And then at that point, she's like, kill him, kill him, kill yeah. him, right? Like, she, she then, this, is, this is a bad thing from her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now she's right in the amp. She's amped way up and is screaming to kill him. She's like, she's been brought down to their level. A little bit. Sort I of, think so. Almost tainted know? by the... She's an animal, yeah. the way she's saying that. Like, yeah, I kind of like it. She's really maniacal. Her eyes are really... Yeah. Yeah, I thought the performance of that scene and the ramifications of that scene, I thought, were really interesting because she is pretty base at that point. You know, you're just a quiet, undateable, undateable. She's out. <laughs> yeah, she's out. Uh, she'll be devastated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, it was just a. It's a scene I thought was really uh, effective, and you're watching Manny kind of unravel a little bit in his beating him up and and the all that kind of stuff, and we kind of have the some buck kind of. Swings it around too, and almost sort of has had enough. Yeah, you read that scene, right? Where yeah, well, he says you were, you were, you was a hero. Yeah, you know, like you. I thought you were my friend. I thought you were my friend. Exactly. He delivers that really well. He's so good. He plays that broken part of Buck. Yeah. So well. Yeah, it's like a pathetic sort of. Yeah. But really well done. Yeah, and that's it's the, and then he just turns around and, and says, "I'm gonna kill you." Yeah. Like not shortly after, like he's finally saying, "This is enough. I don't deserve this." Yep, I'm better than this. I'm better than you. And he's got the wrench. He's got the knife. And it's a really odd scene because I think Buck looks at Manny differently now. 
Sure. He looked up to him like a hero. Yeah. And now he has seen Manny really for what he is. For right what he there. is. Yeah. And he sees him broken and hurt. Mm-hmm. And and he's now I have sort of the power. A and you bit. see Manny kind of almost turtle. Not quite, but he does drop the knife first. That's right. Realizing that maybe he's outmatched here because Buck is on a Buck's on his own first. I can't say his first tear because he's on a constant tear. <laughs> uh, and it's an interesting scene. There's a lot because there's not a lot of at this point. There's not a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of just it's emoting. It's yeah. Yeah, and then they all end up kind of huddled together. Huddled together. Yeah, it was really kind of a tender moment actually yeah. watching. Oddly enough, it was strangely, tender <laughs> after all of that and the hysterics and all of that stuff. I think there is this moment where Manny lets his guard down a little bit, and this is sort of maybe the beginning of that throughout, although not entirely. No, but the <laughs> the feeling that. We are reliant on one another at this point, and even yeah. though he doesn't maybe like him, he respects him probably for going out. I don't know. There's some stuff working on in between that scene that well, I kind level of that's going I, on. yeah. I really did enjoy the the tenderness, like you say, of that scene. However, uh, maybe unnatural it may have felt coming from where they've come to, but I feel like in that situation, you're cold, you're angry, you've just realized you, at least based on this one event, you cannot stop this train i think it's an accepting moment it is They're a little accepting bit. their fate to a, a certain bit. degree and that's manny's just yeah it, that's not a good look for him what's strange <laughs> about it and i think it's interesting is it's a tender scene that's immediately or soon after destroyed by the warden and now the warden's got in his helicopter the guy hanging down in the in the, in the ladder <laughs> poor guy doesn't really work out so well for no, him didn't bode well but what it does is immediately triggers Voight out of the tenderness. And he's in, back, baby. <laughs> out of the, yeah, like he's back to war. He's back into that he's, state of mind. He's got a purpose again. And it becomes really, I think, ratcheted up. And really, I mean, he just screams and yells at this window for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? The, and it, this is the only part of the movie where I thought... Um, a little much? A little much. Where it's a little much, uh, his performance maybe a little too heightened given where we're at. I thought the cutting back and forth of the train was maybe a little much because in and out of tunnels, I thought was... There was like five or six tunnels. That w- and it was, uh, it was like it was on repeat. I didn't bit. like that. I did notice that. And then the guy kind of hanging after him... It was like the same shot. ...was going on for a little long. So, I, I, I mean, again, not really a criticism so much as a notice like i just felt like okay but it just basically is that is is manny giving up whatever tenderness may have been felt for sarah and buck and going right back locking back on to the animalistic even harder than before harder maybe, than before. to compensate for his tenderness exactly. Yeah. exactly so yeah i was okay with that i loved it i thought it was so great and yeah. i just thought the only problem was i just thought him screaming out loud over and over again just started to get a little bit kind of like it's a bit like buck the when they're shoes. running where it's like okay in the shoes right so like we get it we get it you want um, shoes but yeah but not enough to take me out just just sort of uh, anyway i just i love the yeah and it gives them coincidentally it gives them gives him an out of the train that they didn't originally consider and i kind of thought a nice way to i mean not nice for the guy that killed himself no <laughs> um, but violently but a nice way to open up this avenue to actually get to the conclusion of the movie. I thought that all of that I thought was pretty well put together. 
these movies like this is I'm so I get so curious to how they're going to wrap it up. Yeah. Because there isn't that clear protagonist. What do you do sure. when there's no good guy? How do you? Yeah. No one's going to really win. Yeah. Sort of. But the way they do it in this, I thought was really actually surprisingly well done. I was pleasantly surprised generally yeah. with because now we're getting into the last 15. Yeah. I yeah, would say for sure. And I love John Voight's uh, Manny. He puts the booze on his on his hand. He's like, I'm going to do this. It's all in the mind. And he's going to go to the front yep. caboose. Yep. That's not correct. The caboose is at the back, but the bizarro caboose. Yes. And <laughs> here we have the second blood splatter. Yeah. So good. <laughs> I don't know what he lost or what happened exactly, but it was really – I rewound it. I, I got to see that it's, again. Yeah. How much of that – did he lose fingers on that his, or just the all tips? His fingers, all his fingers, I think. Yeah. And it holds up. Like every time you see it throughout the next ten or fifteen, it's just like yeah. a bloody stump. Yeah. But it was effective as hell. Yeah, it was cool. It and was I watched neat. it happen. And I'm not big on that stuff. No, I know you're not. I was really surprised. I thought that yeah. might have been a wince moment, like a sort of. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I like this one for some um, reason. But it was so I could just see it coming when he's trying to jockey for position. He's trying to get himself. Yeah. And I see that his fingers are where they are. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's like a split good. second later, I'm like, oh man, it was a. It was a gusher. It needs to be there. It's so good. It just just captures yeah. everything that's the misery. It just made me feel this is just a miserable, miserable situation. Yeah. And these yeah. are miserable people who are just lost in their own mind and don't know. I don't know. It was great. So yeah. I, I appreciated that. And then... Uh, I thought it was beautiful. And well played. And like again, yeah. the gore of it felt really real like yeah, legitimate. yeah i was like geez i don't think this guy's got a hand anymore like exactly. it felt like totally 100 yeah then i love his when he gets into the place and he gets ready for the bad guy the other bad guy the warden and the um what you call it the fire extinguisher yeah great move great move great move smart guy smart guy yeah. <laughs> I thought it was no I thought it was really again really clever he knows what's about to happen because he's obviously yeah. been watching it and he's got a couple of different avenues but he's a smart guy yep. so he's gonna hide he's gonna manipulate a situation he's gonna take advantage and so forth and so when the warden comes with a gun with a gun which he so he he's got false sense of probably security uh, of confidence I think the the confidence of the warden has been throughout yeah, evident well, throughout. his demise too yeah ultimately um so I agree I thought very clever well placed, beat the crap out of him, and then handcuffs him. And I was like, "Oh gosh, this is gonna be good." But yeah. even then, I didn't know what the yeah what the final bit is. So when he finally kind of makes his choice, as it were, as to what the next state of action is. Sure, yeah. Because uh, he's going by the where are you pants. at? You know, in terms of like. Uh, You've now obviously watched this thing. It's coming down to the, the time. You stop the, wire, the train. Yeah. You stop the train, yeah. and run away. Do you, you know, do you, whatever, you know, whatever. What were you? Did you have any? Mo- I, for me, anyway, was really moved strangely by this last. I can see that ten minutes of, yeah. this, of the movie. Yeah, I can see that. I thought it was emotionally powerful, considering it packed a, pu- a surprising punch. Yeah, and I was enthralled. Yeah, with John Boyd's performance in the last the whole movie, of course. When he asked, "Is Jonas Jonah still alive?" and he said, "He'll be glad." Yeah, and I didn't quite get it at first, and yeah. then I got it. And I'm like, yep. 
What a great line. It's a great line. And I just wrote down, love his look. He has this look in his face yep. when he says, I am free. Yep. Uh, wow. Just very powerful. Uh, and I thought it was funny when the warden says, I know how to die. It just amplifies their relationship. Well, I can die as good as you. I, I, I know how to do it too, you know. Yeah, like, you're not the only one. This is just like so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? So humanly basics like they're fighting over like who can it's die like, better yeah, like, like come pissing, on guys pissing contest. exactly yeah. so i thought but it's suited right so yeah. that's that's what they were to each other this was their each other's purpose in yeah. some odd in weird way sense yeah. and that's been done before but i think this one was just a little had some uniqueness to it on how they delivered uh, that relationship and there was an armageddon moment yeah with yeah. You, i don't know if you know exactly with when, when with Bruce and, and Ben Affleck and Bruce tricks him and then he saves Ben and, and he's like, oh, you're like a father. And he's like, no. And like and that's what Buck is doing. A little bit. Uh, after uh, Manny detaches the train. He has yep. this moment of, you know, you're my, you know. Yep. I'm going to miss you. Like you're, you're yeah. You know, like, you know, and just, wow. It was, it was great. I thought there was this one nagging thought was, well, jump off at this point. And it's funny, earlier on they said, well, let's just jump off. And I love John Voight's line of, well, we can do, we can break our neck anytime. That's it. Like, we, we don't right, have to yeah. do it now. We're not in any rush to break our neck. Yeah. Uh, but at this point, that's not even on the table. Yeah. And I get it. I get it. I mean, at this point, where John, like, he could have jumped and maybe survived. We don't really know. It's, it's well, interesting. Well, he, he could have jumped. Theoretically, he could have jumped. He could have stopped the train, like, press the... Yeah, he never pressed the stop. red button. That's the thing. So he didn't stop the train. Yeah, the I choice guess, is... Yeah. By disconnecting the the other three cars, yeah. you you've saved them. You've saved them, and you've made your choice. Yeah, that you're gonna go and into oblivion. I think I think it's earned, but it's close. Like, would Manny care enough to save Sarah and Buck? Yeah, it's I, close. It's, I think you're right. I think it's the tender scene. I think yeah, to me, the the threesome hug. As sort of maybe trivial That's as it the may earnage seem, there, yeah. I think that is the closing of that relationship, in a way. In a way, he saw that Buck was willing to risk his life and by getting out and like really trying to get out and, and on and kicking the crap out of him and having that moment. I felt whether it's earned or not, I don't know, but at least in terms of from a narrative perspective, I thought that closes that loop. They've kind of grown into this acceptance, the three of them on the ground to their fate. And when Manny gets right back into his sort of more manic uh, <laughs> mentality, it's all directed at the warden. It's all about closing that story. Yes. So I, I'm fine with the realization that he's sort of almost come to terms with whatever's happening on the other train and realize that his fate is on this train. And as I said before, for me, it was uh, really powerful in both his, that same line you quoted with, with, with regards to Jonah. I love it. Mm -hmm. It's subtle. It's oh, yeah. quiet. At first I heard it, he'll, he'll love it or he'll be, he'll be glad. At first time I thought, well, of course he'll be glad he's alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? yeah. But and then I sort of like again, you sort of let it. You'll be glad in. to know like, that. You're oh, this dead. is actually a better, uh, and know that he won't be going back to prison, right? Like that, 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 that Manny is not going to be caught again, and all this kind of stuff. 
And I love, however, silly, not silly, sorry, whatever, the image of Void after he detaches. On top of the train? On top, uh, well, even before he climbs up and just kind of waves and he's getting blown. Like, you can just feel the the wind kind of beating him up and he's kind of just almost waving goodbye, but he's not really, like, and then going up on the train. When I talk about images that I remembered from being, a, like, a kid. Yeah, that one. the closing image of this movie. Uh, him on top of the train taking it and the freeze frame as it were i just that is an image that i saw so often when i was a kid and i remember just being really emotional around then and not even really fully understanding it so when i'm watching it now i'm kind of connecting those dots as well as the movie i just watched and it's strange to me that a movie can be quite so heightened and yet still manage to come together especially and this is the last little point on it the cutting back to the prison and just that dolly oh yeah to all the eyes that are sure yeah kind of hearing the news almost you know it's sort of a, a it's a it's an inner cutting where yeah Jonah and all the people he's kind of they, had, they, they wouldn't really be getting the news no it's like not that, simultaneous but i think it's a nice touch yeah it's it's a it's obviously it's a it's a filmic choice right it's a it's, yeah. a, it's a it's a stylistic yeah uh option but i loved it i thought the music and the score coincided with with what that scene was i just loved it i liked most of this movie but but that last 10 or 15 i was really really struck by um so that's what i think is really powerful about this movie is that everybody can be so dialed up to, to 13 and you know throughout this entire movie and yet somehow grounded enough that by the end of the movie i have an emotional reaction to these characters that are unlikable that are <laughs> generally criminals, yeah right that are that there's nobody it's that's a, a good person, really. Nobody. You know, it, we can't be happy that the warden's dying, necessarily. He's like a jerk, sure, but we haven't seen it. But also, we still, are we rooting for him to die? And are we rooting for Manny to die? Or are we rooting for Buck to be saved? It's yeah, well, tough I'm confused. to say. <laughs> but it's, it's, I thought, really a powerful movie. And, and I'm in a, in, a, in a really unique and I think really special way. So I'm happy to say it's, it's easily going to stay on my shelf. I, I, I'm pleased, disappointed it took this long to get it, but I'm pleased that it holds up quite so well. And uh, Dave, what are you, your first movie, your first time? Sorry, what, what are your what are your final thoughts on the on the film? Well, I will say I was pleasantly surprised. I did start watching it one night. I'm like, I'm going to give this a go. I got I want to get this movie in. And it was late at night, and it wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, and that kind of left me it's like, I don't, maybe is it me? Sure. And then, okay, and I went at it the next night. Yeah. And set myself up for success and watched it. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's a pretty good movie. It's not bad. And, and then I even gave it another full watch. Okay. So I wanted to, I really want to let this one sink in because I, I felt uh, that the performance is really good. And there might be a few things that I missed, especially those tender scenes. Yeah. I wanted to make sure I was on board with it. Sure. Because, uh, I mean, coming off of Jesus, uh, we did Jesus' son. Uh, not too long ago, and I felt like not not a lot of that sunk in. And I think this movie does something a lot of movies fail at for me is not uh, is not really who am I rooting for? Who's gonna win? Like I, I, it didn't it, it didn't matter. It's like it was just a really good story, and I loved all the characters in it. I love how they were all at eleven all the time. And I'm surprised I like that. I don't, it, it rubbed off on me pretty quickly. 
because I think the, when I was first watching that first like watch where I wasn't really there, I'm like, oh, this guy's annoying. Annoying. I don't think I'm gonna like this Buck guy. And by the third watch, I'm just I'm glued to him. I love the. I just they're so <laughs> yeah. animated. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And I think it's uh, uh, something we've lost as an art form. We don't really get that. We all depend on these eye acting. Uh, these guys aren't eye acting. These guys are acting, acting. And I thought a full body. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so nominations, not surprised. I'm happy to, to hear they were nominated for the role. So Phil, I I, I like the movie. I thought it was good for my first real. I don't want to say real John Voight movie because he's in Enemy to State, but I'm going to say that's Will Smith. Yeah, certainly. But this is his his movie, though. You know, Buck, um, of course, Eric Roberts as well. First time really being exposed to him. It was it was a it was a fun ride on the tracks, and uh, I appreciate you taking off your shelf. So this is a win. My pleasure. For you, my pleasure. What. I have to ask. Certainly, what have we? Uh, what have you got for us next week? What are we in store for next week? Now, it's been on my short list for a while. It's one of my favorites of all time. So you're probably wondering, well, how bad could it be? <laughs> uh, well, it could be bad, but it's not. It's The Fugitive, 1993. Okay. Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee Jones, and I think we're going to take the train off the tracks. There's a cliffhanger for you, folks. Thank you so much for listening this week. We really appreciate it. Please uh, follow us on the Facebook page, Off the Shelf of Phil and Dave there on Facebook. Please uh, rate uh, this podcast five stars on all of your podcatchers of choice. We really appreciate that as well. And certainly, of course, share the podcast with everybody you know. If you're in solitary confinement, we're very sorry. uh, You're probably not getting this. That you will be able to share it. But uh, once you're out in the... Out of the lockup and into the yeah. population. Yeah. Just, just throw it our way. Yeah. Thanks, first, folks. First, first thing you do. First thing you do. Before the sunglasses, <laughs> let them know. Uh, thanks so much for listening, folks. We'll talk to you next week. Good night. Good night.